0: Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q and A session one eight seven. Once again, we thank everyone who keeps sending the questions. We will always trust God for the answers. And uh, like we say, we always you go to uh, to the life questions first—not live, but life connected with life problems which people are facing. Than to more intellectual theological questions which are more like curious questions because we need to deal with the problems that we face so that it equips us more to how to walk closer with god how to walk by faith so this evening too we'll take those questions first and we have time we'll go to the other questions so before we start we look to the lord father we just thank you we just praise you we just worship you lord we commit ourselves, all your children, offline, online, those who are listening right now, in different countries, those who will be listening in the days to come. We commit them all into their hands. And I pray, Lord, give us once again the wisdom, mm. the discernment, to answer the questions that are true to your word, to your spirit, and the life of your son, Lord. Lord. That everyone may be encouraged, faith may be imparted, They may receive boldness and courage to continue to stand and to love for Christ. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you. We commit this whole time into thy hands. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 amen.
1: Yeah. We'll start with question number two, Pastor. Yes. Question number two. Uh, It's a several part question. Yeah, but uh, on behalf of GDC, we want to also uh, wish our pastor a very Um, happy birthday uh and thank god for uh his uh life and his blessing that he's a blessing to all of us once again pastor (laughs) happy birthday so uh read question number two uh from a person who says we have never seen him we probably would not meet him on this side of eternity let's see it says dear pastor james god bless you and your family as a family we listened to your teachings for years and it greatly transformed our life and our decisions Even though we have a local church for consistent teaching, we always come back to GDC. I don't think that we will see face-to-face on this side of eternity. I believe there are so many families like us. Earlier also, I asked a few questions. Thank you for answering. I have two questions. Why do some ministers of the Lord don't share with the congregation when they are sick and going through severe treatments? By the time everyone comes to know, they are on deathbed and in a few months, days, they are gone. It confuses me really. Should we share when we are? uh, Should we should we not share when we are going through difficulties in life? It's true that we are all looking forward to the Lord's coming and to take his uh, coming to take his bride, the rapture. I earnestly earnestly desire to be part of the bride. But when I see the ministers of our Lord who sold themselves completely for the work of the Lord and the struggles they go through, I often wonder: Will I also be one of one among them? I see bridesmaids also going. Along with the bride, that's encouraging. What are the qualities of the bride of Christ and the bridesmaids? Praying that the true word of God will continue to go forth from GDC and reach to the end of the world. God bless you. Okay,
0: let's go to the first question. First question. That's not a question; that is a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Questions. Yeah. Okay.
1: Question. Uh, the next part. Next, next uh, part. slide.
0: Yeah. Next slide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why do some ministers of the Lord, why don't they share with the congregation when they are sick and going through severe treatments? Yeah. Next, next, next slide. By the time everyone comes to know they are on the deathbed and in a few months, days they are gone, it confuses me really. Should we not share when we are going through difficulties in life? Okay, the last part is a general thing and the other one is a very specific case. So I will look at the general and the specific. Like um, you, you because like I'm qualified to answer that question. <laughs> it's because um, because I happens to be a shepherd. Okay, the what ha- honestly what happened? I'm not answering the second part. One about the first part about the specific case. Let me look at the general case. Okay, generally, like uh, what happens is a shepherd, basically through the day, through the week, through the month, through the year is bearing the burden of his sheep and in that category all kinds of people are there in the in the sheepfold he's basically carrying the burden of the sheep so technically if i were to talk about myself i know my sheep i know my sheep and i know what they go through because i hear from them i hear when i pray and i know them over the years you get to know them and the thing is that the pressure you go through, you go through as a shepherd, you don't want to put it on your sheep's shoulders. You don't want to put it on your sheep's shoulders. And, uh, I will tell you, honestly, because our job, no, our job is to encourage our sheep. Okay? And sometimes we also know how strong sheep are. Okay, and uh, let us look at the first, typically the first shepherd in the Bible, which is Moses. Mm. The congregation is very weak. The congregation is very weak. Okay, there may be few who are strong, they're a Joshua or a Caleb, but generally speaking, congregation has their own, on their problems. Because the congregation goes to the world. They work in the world. Their pressure is different. Okay. What the shepherd goes through is, it's a different pressure. He doesn't want to take his personal problems or what he's going through and uh, share it with the congregation. Maybe he does. Now, in this case, this sister who are with this, I mean, I do not know this sister. She's, if I'm right, she's Malialib and she lives in the U.S. And uh, but the thing is that the shepherd is very careful with whom he shares, mm. because the thing is that he will not share what he is going through with people who cannot bear the Lord. Mm. Okay, because instead of because it will discourage them, it will discourage them okay now if you look at the situation when moses is absent for a season 40 days we know when absent okay now honestly he is sharing that burden with aaron yeah, yeah. but aaron is until much later aaron is not equipped to handle that burden at all and when the pressure comes from the congregation aaron just falls apart Aaron just falls apart and allows and you will see Aaron literally makes the people a laughing stock. Okay, so because Aaron is not equipped, ready to handle, later he will, he will stand between the living and the dead and all that. So we need to understand also, like in this, in this case, so many things, so many things we don't share. I don't share. Honestly, I don't share. So many things that is happening, I don't share. Because one, people are going through their own problems, their own problems. So to tell this to them, unless you know a person, uh, let's, let's look at a second case, okay? Second case. Forty years, Moses has mentored Joshua and Caleb, Joshua, he has mentored. Particularly, he has mentored Joshua. And Joshua has now received the anointing by the laying of hands, and he is the new leader, and Moses is not there. And if you need to realize, the first time, first time Israel stumbles because of Achan, Achan, okay, you need to realize, Joshua literally falls apart. Yeah. Falls apart. Joshua literally falls apart. And if you listen to what he says, he says, why did you bring here? It talks just like the rest of the congregation. Why did you bring here? It would have been better. that. And God says, get up from off your face. There is sin in your camp. Okay, sin in your camp. And let's remove it. So you need to realize when shepherds when pastors don't share their problems, it's because they know their sheep cannot handle their problems, the pressure they are going through the pressure they are going through. They, say they prefer to, like in this case, I do not know who that pastor is. There could be multiple reasons. Like, you know, a pastor sees he's ill. Now, honestly, tomorrow morning, if I were to tell the church, look, I have a sickness. I don't think I will last more than six months. I know how the congregation will take, they will literally start falling apart. Falling apart. If I were to tell that. Okay, look, I don't think I have more than Six months to go, can you imagine the reaction or what you know like they will they will all start wondering what will happen, what will happen, what will happen? how are we going to manage because you know what this is this is you need to understand why did Peter rebuke Jesus when he said, mm-hmm. No, you cannot go to the cross' You need to realize in so many ways it is true, though we want people to grow and have individual faith with God and to walk with God. Leadership is a different small spiritual, game spiritual, altogether. Spiritual leadership. spiritual leadership is a different altogether. Okay, it's a different thing altogether. So to make Moses a shepherd, God had to put him in the wilderness for 40, 40 years. years. And even then he wasn't ready and then God had to make him ready. So one of the reasons pastors don't say is, uh, not because, now let's, let's go to, let's go to a situation, real situation. Let's look at the scripture. Okay. Let's go into real situations. Okay. Uh, Luke chapter 22. Okay. And words we'll read from words 39, okay. Okay, you can pick any one of them. Every one of them there is something new added. We have, uh, you have the same story in different, not story, same incident, you know, in different, uh, portions of the Bible, okay.
1: Matthew 26. Yeah,
0: let's, I want you to go to Matthew. Matthew is better than Luke in the the detail. Okay. Come to 26 and verse 36. You can read all the gospels wherever this is mentioned and see. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. Okay. So you need to realize he doesn't tell seven of them or eight of them anything. Hmm. Because he knows his disciples. This eight, it doesn't say anything at all. Okay? So you need to understand from what point a shepherd is come. He is the ultimate shepherd, the great shepherd. Then he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. James and John, because they have been privy to things in Jesus' life where the others haven't been. So he knows they have more faith, more strength. They have been with him when Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. They were with him in the Mount of Transfiguration. So they have seen certain things the others ate heaven. And then he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. As far as I know from Scripture, this is the only time, in the three and a half years, he opens his problem with somebody with somebody. He has never opened up what he is going through to one of them. anyone of them. This is the first time to three people, he says, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me." He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. When he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? So you need to realize what is that, you know. They couldn't handle it. Hmm. Either they do not know the seriousness of what he is going through, or it caused so much depression upon them that instead of praying, they just fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, mm-hmm. they fell asleep. Whatever it was, you need to realize. He says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Even when we talk, even when we talk about what is happening, you know, if you look at most people, their, uh, their attitude is because of ignorance. See, we say in English, which is in a way true, not in the sense in true, but uh, reality-wise it is true. Your experience-wise it is true. Ignorance is bliss. bliss. Mm -hmm. A lot of children, little children, you know, they are happy, they run around, they play, because they do not know what life is. What life is. If the child were to really know, like the child who was is so happy to go to LKG, really knows what the next twelve years to fifteen years mm-hmm. to twenty years, what education really means, the toll that will demand it upon you, the sacrifices you have to make. And after all that, there is no guarantee you may be needed in the labour market. If he were to know all that, he would just collapse. He doesn't know. Because he has no clue. So he just runs happily to school because ignorance is a bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Okay? So, in the same way when you are talking about the last days and all, most people do not know their scripture, do not know their scripture, and they do not really know what is actually happening. They do not know what it is not to be raptured. What it is if, like one entire school says, there is no rapture. Everyone has to come through tribulation. If they were to actually know, they would just collapse. Collapse. Now you look at these three, who were with Jesus from the beginning till the end. The experiences they have had. And when he actually shares his burden, if you look at them, they just went to sleep. So we need to understand from a shepherd's point of view. I'm not saying in this case where the sister goes to the church or what cases the pastor has not. I do believe he would have shared to a few people who, one he who knows who are strong and when he is over they will have to take over the responsibilities and then he shares with people whom he genuinely knows are people who can pray without being overwhelmed overwhelmed okay they cannot pray they cannot pray that's what he's saying the spirit indies is, is willing but the flesh is weak he says you want to pray but you are not able to pray because you haven't had have you haven't learned to handle pressure and the reason he, they haven't learned to handle pressure is he protected them mm. he was their wall and they will change they will change he says so far i have seen nothing happen to you I have protected you, I have taken care of you, and he will do that till the moment he is arrested. He will ask them, who do you have come for me? Leave them alone, and he goes with them willingly. But it is going to change post-Pentecost. Post-Pentecost, it is going to change. Okay, So this is basically what what happens. One of the reasons... As, like, like as a like as a father, Pastor Vijay or me, as a father, we don't share when our children were growing up. Most of the things we don't share. Mm. Most of them. the things. Uh, I still remember as a child because I was the only child who grew up with my parents the longest from the birth till around 11, 12 years, while the others did not grow up with my parents that much because from class one, they went into boarding school, then they came for vacations and went. So I was the one who was with, with uh, them, so I can have flashes of memory, like, you know, like I can sit my father, I can see in the evening because a mail comes once a month, once in two weeks, 30 days, No, know. So it was my job to go to the post office and pick the mail as a kid because you have these boxes where they put for the school. So I get the letter and I know the letter. I know the ones which are from within the country and which comes from India. So it's inland letter. So that's what they are looking for, no? So they will be waiting. So I come in and I give the letter. And I still remember, no? When one of my brothers will ask for pocket money. Again, one of the letters they have written, we are going this thing and, and they are asking for pocket money. I can see my father's face change. My father's face changed, okay? And I can I can remember hearing him upset and talking to my mother. Now, you will wonder, like if it was my brother who is asking maybe for 50 rupees, okay? We are talking about 1970s, okay? 50 he's rupees on, a lot okay? Of money. <laughs> or 20 rupees or whatever it is. <laughs> but when he's asking, he is asking, for him, it's like I'm only asking for 20 rupees. But he doesn't understand the pressure that is on dad. Okay, on the dad. Because he's not sitting in his chair. Mm -hmm. My dad is looking at four kids in boarding school. Okay, four kids in boarding school. Okay, four kids in boarding school. All convents, two boys in St. Joseph's. One is Nirmala Bhavan, one in Mount Carmel. And uh, the money has to go for their bills have to be paid. Okay, so he's sitting there and calculating and he probably is exactly, or I probably was like him. So he has calculated everything, the monthly salary, everything. So suddenly somebody comes and asks for 50 rupees on top of that. It's an enormous pressure on him, but the person who's asking doesn't feel that pressure. Okay, so you need to understand, no? Like sometimes people get uh, uh, get uh, may may get upset, no? Pastor didn't take it very seriously, but you need to realize, a pastor of a church. If you look at, you do not know. You make a call. Let us say, Richie makes a call and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I'm going through this, and I said, Okay, Richie, I'm praying for you, and I pray. And he may feel, you know, what my problem is so big, and pastor was so casual about it, the way he prayed. Okay, But what Richie may not understand is that I have already dealt with 10 other problems and 15 are waiting.
1: (laughs) Waiting, 15 (laughs) are waiting. They
0: do not realize. And the the seriousness of the problems, the seriousness of the problems. Mm. Okay, seriousness of the problems. Okay. So what happens is when a pastor is going through something personally, he doesn't want to burden his sheep. He doesn't want to burden his sheep. Because unlike they he knows everyone's problems mm. they do not know his problems they do not know his problems. they do not know what he is going through they have no usually have no clue what he is going through so sometimes but in this particular incident which i have given which is given over there i do believe if the pastor knows actually knows that he has only limited time no it is a life-threatening disease then I do believe that he should prepare his congregation. That transition to, should take place. You should prepare them. Okay, they are sick and going through severe treatments. Then he should stand before the congregation and like like uh, like God did with Moses. Moses was on the way out, but Moses was told in front of the congregation. He was told to mentor prepare, and then pass over the mantle to Joshua. Okay, so that, you know, people would know, people would know that is the way it is. There is a transition that is taking place. Yes, I will go, but there is somebody else who will be there once I'm gone. But ultimately, you remember when we preached uh, uh, many months back, if you go to Joshua chapter 1, and... uh, Verses 1 to 3, okay, we said about this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So this is the thing. Moses, the servant of God, every servant of God, till Jesus comes or rapture takes place, will die. Okay, will die. But now arise, go over this Jordan, you. So, but there should be somebody else. Somebody else. And some pastors have made the mistake. Even in this city, I know churches that shut down. And churches that shut down, which were started by really, truly great anointed men of God. But the issue was that they never mentored anybody. They never mentored anybody. And one of the reasons also I see in ministry is that They make two mistakes, they make two mistakes. One mistake is that once they start a church, they try to pass it on to their own children who may be totally unfit for that office. And we'll see people making that mistakes even in the Bible. We'll see Samuel uh, anointing his sons as judges and they were reprobates. okay? And he shouldn't have done it. But you see Moses not anointing his two sons, but they are no—they lo- are not not there in the picture at all. But it is somebody whom God chooses. So two things you need to understand is when it comes to this transition succession, the pastor, the man of God, has to be very, very careful. One, I am not uh, indispensable—not indi- indispensable. I am not uh, what immortal. Yeah. Okay. I am not immortal. I'm not immortal. I will die one. It is appointed unto a man to die once. And after that, okay, he goes to somewhere else. But therefore, he always has to hear, ask God, and prepare somebody. Second thing that happens with pastors, and I have seen again that happening in my life. I have seen in ministries what is happening is that if it is not his son, or if he doesn't have a son, or if it is not his son, and if there is somebody else in his church a young man who should be mentored, he gets very jealous, and he gets very insecure. He gets very insecure. Okay. Now, Moses had two things which he could do. Either he can mentor Joshua, or crush Joshua to see Gershom, or the other one is Elias, no? Gershom, Uh, Gershom man? Moses' two sons. No one Gershom. is Gershom. Merari,
1: Merari, no, Gershom, I one Okay, oh, so no, one of them. Uh, the, yeah,
0: forget, yeah. forget the name. I want Gershom to be the next one. After all, I am the one who suffered forty years. I am the one who gone through. It is my blood and sweat and tears I have built this church, and I'm going to pass it over on to Gershom. But I see Joshua has a threat. Huh? Yes. Elias, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, I see Joshua has a threat. So you, you wanna, I'm gonna crush Joshua down, so that Gershaw will take over. People make these mistakes. So, there could be, so what I'm saying is, pastors should be very, very careful that once they have a life-threatening situation, a life-threatening situation, they should Prepare their congregation. Because when you have a life threatening situation, usually the doctors will say you've got six months to an year. And sometimes people live longer than that. Sometimes people live shorter than that. But you should have gone before God and prepare a man and prepare a man to take. And you also have to prepare that man to handle the pressure. That is why you will see in Exodus 17. You no, know, in Exodus 17. Mm. Joshua. Next, they have and come. Then all the congregation of Israel set out of their um, journey, okay, and camped in Refidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. Okay. So what happened is there the people thirsted for all that, and that's the first time you have the, the rock, the rock, the water coming from the rock. And then, thing is that, at verse 8, the Bible says, As soon as they have had this experience, okay, as soon as they have this experience, Amalek came and fought Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, this is the introduction of Joshua. Okay, now I don't think Moses is doing this in random. I think Moses has heard from God, this is the man you have to mentor. And sent him for his first, first battle. Sent him for his first battle. I remember when I was young, very young, just in ministry. I remember the first time my pastor told me, it was sudden, it's out of, out of the blue, okay. I was still studying and I was not in ministry, but I, I believe he knew that God has, is calling me to be in ministry. So he just came to me and said, you know what, I'm going to be out for the next two weeks, next two weeks. And uh, next Sunday you will preach. And you need to need realize. I have never preached in my life. I'm not in ministry. I'm studying at Iflo. And the Sunday after that, this other brother in the church will preach. So he looked at looked at both of us like Joshua and Caleb. He looked at as the both of us who would be in ministry. The thing is, the other person preached after that, the, the, the two Sundays later, but he died of leukemia. He got died, and he died in 2000 or something. He died 2001 or something. He died. So you need to realize. He was preparing me. He sent me out to battle. People don't realize to be under the, pul- under the pulpit is a battle. It's a battle. You're opening yourself. Now, it is like baptism. When you baptize a person, the, b- the person comes out. He is open for battle because you have identified yourself with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ publicly. And now Amalek is going to come and attack you. Okay, okay, you really, you really belong to Jesus. I will show to you that you don't belong to Jesus. In the same way, when a young man goes under, behind the pulpit, he is, he he is under bad. That's why, you know, when people become a worship, if you look at our own history, you will see how many worship leaders have fallen. Because you need to realize when you go over there, to be in the worship team is one thing. That itself is a challenge. To be a worship leader is another thing. Worship leader means you go over there. People don't realize it is battle. This is things which you need to understand. You are not entertaining a congregation. You are standing there between heaven and hell. Hmm. Worship is warfare. Worship is warfare. And we know that the first time... When we see that, when David takes his harp and plays, you will realize the oppressing demon leaves Saul. Okay. When Elisha, one of the most anointed servants of God in the kingdom of God at that time, when Jehoshaphat and Ahab are there, and when they are not, Elisha is not able to hear from God, he looks for a singer. He says, can you let him come and let him play, let him sing so that I can hear? So worship is warfare. And people do not realize it. People do not take it seriously. Take it very, very seriously. Okay, we need to realize, you know. So those who lead worship, especially those who see that there are worshiped, and there is a leader among them. Those who lead worship should be very careful, should be prepared should come fast, pray, seek the face of the Lord and be prepared because you know what? It may be 20 minutes, it may be 30 minutes, it may be 45 minutes, it's one hour. It doesn't matter, the time is irrelevant because so the, the pastor is very careful about these things and people get upset. People do not realize why is the pastor so tough on upon whom, uh, what you call a burden or a Responsibility it's put because though we are standing before men, we are not standing before men. We are not standing before men. We are standing before men, like like in Corinthians eleven when it says when a woman prays or prophesies, simple thing when she prays or prophesies, okay? So when she prays, she's standing between heaven and hell. When she prophesies, she's standing between heaven and hell. Let her have a covering on her head. Let her have a covering on oh. her. Why? Because she needs protection. protection. She needs protection. She thinks she needs to realize what it is like that she needs protection. Okay. She needs protection. Okay. Because uh, uh, there are, because you don't have a covering, you will be under attack. Hmm. You will be under attack. That is why I, I do believe about women being in ministry, but I don't believe a woman who is in ministry who doesn't have a male head. Male head. Because then she doesn't have a covering. Then the church doesn't have a covering. Because she herself doesn't have a covering. So you need to realize the burden that is happening. Okay, So you need to understand a shepherd's burden. Okay, A shepherd's burden. And sometimes people don't understand. I know uh, people come to me and say, can I do an offertory?" And I say, it's not time yet. It's time yet. It's not time yet. Okay. When I'm going to sing next, I said, I will tell you. Once in a while, okay? Once in a while. I know, I know you sing well. I know you have the zeal. But you need to realize I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to protect you. I need to protect you. I'm trying to protect you. That's all I'm trying to protect you because you need to realize people do not realize what these things. So the pastor. Comes from a different perspective completely. And he doesn't, he will not, most pastors will not share their burdens with most people. They may share only with a few people. One, first condition for the pastor to share is one. The person has to be strong. Right? If I put a weight on somebody, I need to know, like, you know, like, I need to know, like, we see these people in our railway station. They have this red and this metal armband. They are coolies. Now, some of them may look small and old and all, but you'd realize how much weight they can carry. Weight. If we, you may look bigger than them, but the same two suitcases, you're huffing and puffing. Okay, but when he takes it and puts it on his head, he will walk with you all the way. All the the station, the platform, and put it into this. And you will realize the thing is that he has a the lifetime pastor. of carrying burdens, of carrying burdens, okay? And he didn't begin like that, but over a period of time. So when a, if a pastor were to share something which is difficult, he will not share with everybody. First thing he looks, two, two things he basically looks. One, does this person have the strength to handle it and not fall apart? Fall apart. You need to realize when Jesus was arrested, his disciples fell apart, literally fell apart. They fell apart and they all ran away. Okay, And Peter is following him from far away. They did not have the strength to handle it. They fell apart. Okay, So the first thing he looks is, do they have that strength to handle it? And the strength has to be built. Okay, some people it can be built, some people it will not build because they simply do not learn how to walk by faith. Okay, second thing, does that person have a real vibrant prayer life? These are the two things he is looking for. Okay, you need to realize when God picks Gideon, okay, in a country full of, like in Malayalam, we have a saying in Malayalam, Mukillata Rajit, Murimokan Raja, meaning in a land where nobody has nose, the fellow with half a nose is a king, okay? So in the country where everybody have left their harvest and run away when the Midianites came, one fellow is sitting inside the wine winepress, okay? So he is one fellow with a half a nose. That is why God, if you read it carefully in the Book of Judges, God will say, "Go with this little Little strength strength of yours, strength of yours. yours. Everybody has run away, but he is hiding and trying to get a little harvest for his family, little strength. But to prepare him, it's a process, it's a process, because he's a very fearful man. So one test after another test after another test, and after that he is, and then after that God starts cutting him down." Cutting him down. Because again, the problem is you are very, you are a novice. You are very immature. The problem is you will start putting trust in the arm of flesh. You have 32,000 people. No, let them go. All fearful go. So 22,000. 10. He says, still not. Cuts them down to 10. And finally, he has only 300 people left. Okay? He says, now. So he's preparing him. So you need to realize God prepares people but god can only put us through situations but whether we learn through that situations to handle burdens is ultimately left Our to us powers, left yes. to us so god can put two people through the same situation and two people come out completely different one who becomes strong in the faith resilient and able to handle pressure but the other person either doesn't change or becomes worse Okay? Because it's like a classroom. We all sit in the same classroom. We are all taught by the same teacher. But examination shows we are not the same. We are not the same. So we all have the same word. We all sit in the same church. We read here the same sermons. We have the same spirit. But everybody doesn't come out the same way. So we need to understand from where the pastor comes And why he doesn't share, why he doesn't share is because one, he doesn't want to burden his sheep because he is supposed to be carrying their burden and not the other way, not the other way. They are not supposed to be, you are not supposed to be carrying my burden. I am supposed to be carrying your burden. That's why I'm a shepherd. I'm not a sheep. I'm a shepherd. Once upon a time I was a sheep. Then he made me a shepherd. He taught me how to go and then he gave me a church where I could shepherd it on my own, literally. And therefore, that's the process he, he takes you through. But I will tell you, I won't be like these pastors. If I were to know that I'm, I have a life-threatening disease, I would let my congregation know. And already God has shown me you have a pastor who is there who shares the burden. And you will automatically see that I will, I will in that season I will handle, give over to him more and more and more and more burden of the church to him so that uh, one day when i'm not there and if the lord is to come i'm not there he's there he will know i can handle it so you will see from exodus 17 onwards if you go over there okay 17 and verse 8 and uh 8 and 9 when you come over there now Amalek came and fought with israel moses said to joshua Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Okay, And Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. So basically that's what's happening. You know what is happening is now, Israel is being introduced to a young leader. Young leader. This is Moses' introduction, sorry, Joshua's introduction. But there are, there is Moses over there at the top, and there is Aaron and her. But they are all of one generation. Understand this. Moses, Aaron, her are all of one generation. They are all, almost of, Aaron is 83, Moses is 80, her also must be I his that, 80s. Yes. They are all of that age. And there is another generation. Let us say it this way. Joshua is the youth pastor. Hmm. He's the youth pastor. Okay, he's the youth pastor. So this is his first sermon. Hmm. First sermon. You are going to be introduced. I say next Sunday, like I remember I don't know which year it was. I told Pastor Whether you are preaching. Next you are preaching. I think you started with the youth, oh, I don't know. Yeah, first of the youth are. and two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand. I tell you, you are preaching. Okay, you are going to preach. So it's an introduction. Okay? And then slowly, once a month, you are preaching. Okay, so they were so he I it's not that I died and he rose. It's not like that. (laughs) He was introduced. By now you will realize people are they know. It's already in their mind. If I were to go, he's the one who will be. So yeah, used. So that's how Joshua is being introduced over there. And from there onwards you will see Joshua being mentioned more and more and he's up there in the mountains. So they are okay, out there in the mountains with uh, Moses alone, he is part of that. Okay, Aaron and all our others saw that Joshua is much younger, one generation younger, but he is the one with Moses over there. Okay, so you will see these things happening and that is the way it should be. And your family should never be a part of it unless your family has been called by God To be an anointed to be part of it. Okay, because this is not the same. It is not a high priest kind of a thing. This is new covenant doesn't work like that. New covenant doesn't. Family can be there. I'm not saying family can be there because you have Jesus brothers. Jude and James and all are there. There are his brothers are there. Okay. They are his brothers, half brothers. And later they get saved and they become part of the ministry and they are, uh, they are anointed. So I am not saying because it's my, family, because some pastors go to the other extreme. My past, my sons, my children will not be any part of a ministry because I don't want to make the ministry, you know. Then you are, you are becoming God. Mm. So you are open to both Lord. Yes. Lord. If it is somebody from my, Family, then I'm open to that. If it is not my family, somebody, then I will close this door. It is not my will, but your will be done. This is how transition to, should take place. But please understand, one of the reasons pastors don't share, share, uh, sh- let us, let us, let us think about it. Okay, let us think about it. I have a problem. Okay, like I gave you the example, I have a problem. Now, who am I going to share with? Because, let us say, it is seven in the evening now. Eight o'clock I'm facing a terrible problem, okay. But from morning till seven, I have dealt with fifty problems of different people. Now can I call one of them and say, you see, this is what I'm going through? I cannot, because through the week, this is what he's handling. He's handling. So you know what he says? He keeps, like like a father would not share his uh, problems with his children until they grow and they are mature, you no, know, mature and know One, they have to mature. Second, they need to have the willingness to share in his burden. The willingness is this, that they too love God the same way. Okay, love God the same way. Because that's what the pastor is looking for. People who love God, people who walk with God by faith, people who genuinely have a prayer life, but genuinely prayer. Genuine prayer life, when I'm talking about prayer life, I'm not talking about people who make prayers and supplications. I'm talking about people who make intercession. So prayers and supplication is one thing. Everybody mm-hmm. prays. I have my problems, Lord. This but intercession is where you are not praying for yourself. for yourself. You're consistently praying for others. You're consistently praying for others. Okay? So that is an intercessor. So if you know somebody is an intercessor and has been used mm-hmm. to taking the burdens of the others upon your own shoulders and then taking them to God, you know, this person can be told. This person can be told because this person, he or she has <coughs> the life of sh- taking burdens of other people. Other people. But if this person has only the habit of taking their own, their own, their own problems, then you cannot tell them somebody else's problem. So everywhere, so Jesus is coming. So he knows eight of them. Then he knows three of them. Hmm. Then he says, you know what? My soul is really troubled. Really troubled. Can you sit up? He didn't tell the others anything. Tell the others anything. To these three he said, can you can you stay up one hour and pray for me? Okay. Can you stay up? When he came back, they fell asleep. They couldn't. Okay. But it will change. It will change. So if you come to Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, you will see. The paradigm shift among the same apostles. We will give ourselves continually Lord to prayer. prayer. Now they have become a praying people. Mm-hmm. They have become intercessors. Oh, wow. They have become intercessors and to the ministry of the word. And that's a small problem over there. They say, as shepherds, they're looking at the problem. This problem is a very technical thing. Mm-hmm. We don't need to waste our time on this. Okay, this is a uh, catering problem. <laughs> All you need is seven people who will be who will be full of Holy Spirit, wisdom, Okay, who will be just, who will be fair. And they will deal with the Hebrew widows and the Greek widows in the same way. Just get seven people, let them handle it, let there be no complaints over it. So you need to realize these are shepherd decisions. And not shepherd. This is decisions which shepherds are making because you can okay. This person, you servant handle it okay. Just handle it. That's not a burden. You can handle it. How how many how many do you need to know? How many widows are there? Hundred widows. How many kilos of rice are there? Hundred kilos. Give them each one kilo each. That's all. You don't need any <laughs> technicalities. It's a very technical thing. So you'll put people over there okay because what. Even for that, you need people. Yeah, who need people who are good in math. Faithful. Okay, (laughs) who know how to weigh and measure. Okay, okay. So this is that's what I said. If I I don't know if you remember, or was it on Tuesday, the pastors' conference? I said this is how it happens. Okay, we begin our life with God with a relationship. As many as received Him, He gave them the power to to become the sons of God. This relationship will be tested with stewardship. Mm. Stewardship, Through this life, we are going through stewardship. Are you a good steward Mm. of what I give it to you? The time I give it to you. The life I give it to you. The resources I give it to you. The money I give it to you. Because we need to realize, we came with nothing, we go with nothing. So we own nothing. We are not owners of anything. Yes. We don't own anything. God owns anything. So if I am not an owner, that means I need to give an account. Yes. So I have to give an account. I am a steward. And uh-huh. some people, you need to realize that they're terrible stewards in so many things. They're terrible stewards. they get terrible stewards of time. <laughs> terrible stewards of money. Terrible stewards. Okay. Some people are good. Some people are good stewards. So from relationship, I have to move on to stewardship. stewardship. If I am proved faithful in the stewardship, of the life God has given me, one day God will give me rulership. Yes, yes. We're all looking forward to that. But we need to realize, you cannot have rulership without stewardship. You cannot have stewardship without a relationship. So it begins with a relationship. Then moves on to stewardship. And then one day God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Okay, You are faithful in small things. You are a good steward. Very good steward. Now take charge of bigger things. Rulership, charge of tensed. This is what life is all about. So we need to realize that is why we cannot remain the way we are. We should be able to handle burdens. We should be able to handle burdens. Okay? And we God is also looking for people upon whose shoulders he can put the weight. And the whole issue is that, is that, our old nature has to change. The old man is a very selfish man. Extremely selfish, self-centered man. He is. The new man has to become a selfless man. And the battle is always between the new man and the old man. The old man is always focused on me, mine, myself. Even if it is the problem. So the new man, the old man will say, I think and say, is, But I pray. But if you look at your prayer, you will actually look at your prayer and you will see that your prayer is actually very selfish. It's all about you. So when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, he said, this is how you need to pray. And if you look at the entire prayer which God has given, only one line is for you. Give us this day our daily bread. That's all. The rest of the prayer is not about you. It's either about God or it's about the other person. It's about the other person. okay. So we need to realize that is where God is able to. So a pastor looks at his church and he will not share his burdens. I will not share my burdens with anybody in the church. Very, very, very rarely would I share my burdens with anybody in the church because because, simply because you can't handle the weight. Sometimes some people, I will tell them when they come and tell their problems, I will tell them, I wish you could take one day of my problems. And they will thank God for your problems. <laughs> okay, thank God for your problems. Let us exchange. Uh, no. okay, let us say that is this literally happened. This is a Greek, not it's a Greek story about a servant. Now some servants have this close uh, also in relationship with the kings. They talk, the kings will allow people to talk. No? So one servant, uh, the king overheard like, uh, the servant saying, how easy is the king's life? I have to struggle from morning and evening to serve him. He just has an easy life. He just eats and then people come and he talks and all. I wish I was a king. I would have an easy life. The king heard him and he said, okay, I heard you. Tomorrow from morning when I rise up till I go to sleep, take one whole day, you are the king. <coughs> And all day you are the king. Okay, so this fellow had no idea what it was. your king. So the next day, the king told he is the king. So he just ate and drank and had a mati, had a masti time, and then he said, "Tonight I'm going to sleep in the king's bed." Okay, so he went into the king's bed and he was trying. He thought, "Ah, nice. He will sleep and this thing." No. Then he looked up, a knife and he saw this huge sword hanging by a thread, hanging by a thread. Sword, sword, sword. sharp sword sword. hanging by a thread. And the king had told him, you cannot sleep anywhere else. You can only sleep on that bed because you are king. The king cannot sleep anywhere else. (laughs) Whole night he couldn't (laughs) sleep. He was (laughs) so restless, so nervous, restless. In the morning, he just (laughs) fell at the king's feet and said, thank you, thank you, I couldn't sleep at all. I was so nervous because the sword was hanging over there. Then he said, do you understand what kingship is? So in English we have this Uneasalize proverb uneasy lies the head, the that, head that, that, that which bear. that bears the crown. Okay. People don't understand Absolutely. what responsibility responsibility is. Okay, responsibility is. That is why, though it was meant to be an insult, but in reality that is what is true that when Jesus came as the Son of Man and the Son of God, he was a king. But the crown was a crown of thorns a crown of thorns. Okay, it's a crown of, that was what was he wearing. Mm. Okay, so we need to understand that's where it comes from. That is where it comes from. And, uh, no? And the pastor has to be always kind. Has to be always kind. You no, know, one call is over, he finished praying and the next call comes, he has to continue praying. Okay, this problem is so, it's, 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 it's almost like a doctor, <laughs> right? One case comes, the next case comes, the next case comes, the next case comes, okay? And it's simply simply like that. But the doctor is not battling uh, demons or spiritual entities <laughs> or anything, okay? And the doctor, once he has given the prescription, uh, he's, it is done. The patient doesn't come back. His salary will anyway come back. The pastor doesn't work like that, okay? Even after he has prayed, it doesn't stop, okay? He has to continue to pray. Okay, the prescription the patient may not take at all, but he's still entitled to pray. <laughs> okay, so like, you know, as long as the sheep is in the sheepfold, is in the church, he is responsible, He is accountable for it from the beginning till the end. Okay, responsibility doesn't. So honestly, as pastors, wouldn't share, wouldn't share, you know, their burdens with anyone. If he if he were to share, he may share with another pastor, with another, and he will also only use uh, like if you miss him, so like you wouldn't say who it is. Just generally share like so that you know I'm going through this. You will say yeah I'm also going through this. This is the way I handled it. You will say okay this is the way you handled it. Okay that is that is the way you you handle it. Yes, Pastor Vijay.
1: Pastor, you know? when you're talking about pressure, mm-hmm. I mean. Um, we see the pressure that is on the world right now. I just want your comment on this because uh, things are just going from bad to worse. And uh, because this brother also asked about the rapture and uh, and how to how to yeah it that was the second question. Second part yeah. of the question. I mean, of course, you don't have to go into the details of it. But it is not.
0: It is not as bad as you see in the news. It is a thousand times worse. It's what what is it. happening in the world? It's that's not as you see in the news. That's what I want to do. News is driven by agenda. It is actually much, much worse what is happening. Okay? It, what is happening in the world is really, really bad. I'm not talking about, even about the war. I'm not even talking about the war. You need to understand if you go to Timothy 3.1, right? Second Timothy 3.1. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk, why, Okay. But know this, if I am right, Derek Wins says that this is the only time, only time, God, God perilous. uses this also to, not only time perilous is there in another place, only time where Paul actually tells, know this, know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, okay, this perilous times is used with the madman in gatherings, perilous times will come. Okay. And 18 moral, ethical, all kind of failings are described. Okay. Now we get so caught up with the war. The war is not the issue. War is not the issue. Famine is not the issue. Pestilence is not the issue. Earthquake is not the issue. The issue is this, in the last days, people will be lovers of themselves. That is the issue. That is the issue. All this was there in the past days. But in the in the previous ages, but in the previous a- ages, people were not so selfish. Were not so selfish. It was not so. It was not the self love wasn't there so much. But today's today's world is so much built on self love. Therefore, people are very very shallow,
1: hmm.
0: very emotional and shallow. They are walking on emotions. And they are very, very shallow. They are not deep. They are not deep. And therefore, what we see is the result of what is happening. What is happening in the world. That is why it will be, if you look, when Paul, the Holy Spirit of Apostle Paul, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is talking, but know this, in these last days, there is going to be, Perilous times, perilous times, he does not mention war, he does not mention earthquake, he does not mention pestilence, he does not mention political instability, he does not mention any of these things. He is talking about what will be the nature of mankind in the last days and therefore it will be perilous times. That's what he's talking. The reason is people will be ex- what extremely selfish, self-love. And of course, we'll talk about lovers of money and lovers of pleasure. But that has all got to do with self-love. Expression. It's got to do with self-love. People will be absolutely shallow, 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 shallow people. So you look around in any field, you look around, you don't see really genuine people. You don't see people. What is the crisis in the world, in the political world? Because you see are all shallow leaders shallow leaders. What's the crisis in anywhere? You don't have leaders. All are shallow leaders with fan following. What's the crisis in the church? Because the leaders are all shallow leaders. They just want to be on YouTube. They just want to have a number. They just want to have name, fame. So they're all absolutely shallow. Okay? Because the first Thing for leadership in this world the first thing if you need to have a leader the first thing Jesus said is that you need to deny yourself but the problem here this is men will be not people who deny themselves but people who love themselves that is exactly the opposite of denying yourself so you are looking for people who actually deny yourself and there are nobody people in any, any field you look at you don't find people Who deny themselves. Deny themselves. You look people who are in love with themselves. If you go to the, to these, the words three. Words three. I want KJV. Okay. I want KJV because that meaning comes better in KJV. Okay. Without natural affection. This is a natural affection which from time immemorial was there. It's a natural. The love a father has for his children. It's a natural affection. A father has, a man has for his wife, a wife has for a husband, okay? A brother has for his brother. For his, This is a natural. The Bible says in the last days there will be no natural affection. It's a result of the loss of natural affection where betrayal will take place. Yes. Okay? That is ex- the, the, the extreme of it. But even if you don't break your truth, there's no natural affection. In the last days. Parents don't really love their children. And actually, like I look into my generation or the previous generation, something was inbuilt over there. Parents sacrificed for their their children. children, Laid down down their their life for their children. It was that. They laid down their life. They didn't have to be saved. They didn't have to be saved. But they laid down their life for their children. Okay, wives laid down their lives for their husbands. Literally, they lived for their husbands. Their whole life was around their husband and their family, their children. And the man, when he went to work, his whole life was centered around his family. There was one, something that, that is called natural. That was the nature in which God created man, unlike all the animals. Animals don't do that. Okay, They have some kind of an affection, but they don't have that. But human beings, and the Bible says there will be perilous times because of that. Okay, because of that. And so, so what does it do? Men become lovers of themselves and they don't even have natural affection. And therefore in this, this, these are the things that will cause perilous times. Mm. And the church and the believer and the believing family is sub, com, com, supposed to be completely different. Completely different. Mm. Where husbands are called, husbands, love your wives as Christ Jesus Love, love the, the church, church and lay down his life. Lay down your life. The wife is called to submit your husband in all things to. as unto. And when this paradigm is there in the home, the children learn. The children learn. This is what is true and not this. But if you look at today, you don't see that. You don't see that. Everyone is on their own track. Everyone is on their track. And because of that, perilous times will come. Therefore, when we are studying on Mondays and Fridays of the seven churches, when it comes to Philadelphia, God tells this church, I know your works, and I know you have obeyed my command to persevere. Persevere in what? In laying down your life for one another, in your homes, in your church you have. Therefore, I will keep this door open for you. And the trial comes upon the whole lot. So if you're looking at rapture, you're looking at tribulation, you're looking at rapture as the open door, the simple question is, who goes through the open door? People have laid down their lives. Okay, who lay down their lives. Who lay down their lives. If you go over there, back to the question. Go back okay. to the question. Back to the question. Okay. Next pl- yeah. yeah. Yes. So back to the question. Yeah. Could you read uh next one? Yeah. Next, next, next part. Yeah. I want, I often, uh, yeah, I often wonder, yeah, please read. I often wonder,
1: will I also be one among them? Mm. I see bridesmaids also going along with the bride. That's yeah. encouraging. Mm. What are the qualities of bride of Christ and the bridesmaids?
0: We'll go to one picture we have in the Bible. Go to Genesis chapter 24. This is Okay. okay. And let us read from verse 10 onwards. Okay. Eliezer, a type of the Holy Spirit, sent by Abraham, a type of the father, for a bride, for Isaac. So, Isaac is the bridegroom. We need a bride for Isaac. And he has made to swear, you will not take from any one of these Gentiles. It will be from my own household. So, Christ's bride will be from Christ's father's household this thing. And he took ten of his master's camels, departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. First thing we need to realize, all the treasures, the power of everything of God is in the hands of the Holy Spirit. The Father and the Son now works through the Holy Spirit. He is the Power is in his hands. That's why Jesus said, wait until the Holy Spirit comes, and when he comes, you will receive power. We receive power, we receive gifts, the fruit, everything is the work of the Holy Spirit. Because he is a type. Eleazar is a type of it. That's why the number 10, he took 10, for all his master's goods were in his hand. He arose and went to Mesopotamia, the city of Nahor. He made his camp. Now he reached there, okay, the city. That's where the bride is going to be found. First, he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at the evening time when women go out to draw water. So now, you need to realize, where is he looking for the bride? He doesn't go to the marketplace. Marketplace. okay? He doesn't go. He waits outside. There is a well. And that is from where he is waiting. The women come there, okay? Morning and evening they come. Okay, morning and evening they come, and Jesus goes for the Samaritan woman, he goes at the midday, Mm. because she is a woman who is ostracized by the community. Now, Mm. salvation is one matter, looking for the bride is one thing, these are not the same. This Samaritan woman who Jesus met and set free, if she has to become for a bride, she will have to come at the evening time. Mm. Yes, that means she has reconciled, she has, life has changed. Now she has fellowship with the rest of the community, and she has been included. Now she comes. She has understood the doctrine, fellowship is, so she comes in the evening time. So here is, she comes in the evening time, okay, Mm -hmm. when the women go out. So it is at the well, it is at the evening time. And we are reaching the evening hour of time. The coming of the Lord is near, and the Holy Spirit is looking for, He's already has found all the women from the previous centuries, the men, the church. Previous centuries, has already been sifted through. Now only one, if he is coming in our generation, only one generation is left. Every other generation, He has sifted through and He has found the bride. Bah. He sifted through them all. He has found them. Now the last generation is there. Okay, the last generation. So, when this, then He said, He's telling to God, this is all, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of the water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman whom to whom I say, whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink. And I will also give you a camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this, I will know that you have shown kindness to yeah my master. What a picture. Hey, just put a picture. <laughs> put a beautiful that picture. looks like a very strange picture. picture, picture. <laughs> picture to pick. Now let us sing. When you are looking for a bride, do you look at that? Look at that. What I can Okay, look at that. Okay, so... This is the picture he is So this is what I am looking for. Meaning, one, she is a person, or he is a person who is selfless, selfless, who is willing to lay, lay down. down. See, when you are not asking about laying your down, your life to die has a matter no, no, which no, is no. easier than exactly. to lay down your life every day. Every day, yes, every day. To die daily. <laughs> to die daily. Okay, mm-hmm. To not to yourself. You are coming, you are coming for water, now you have to draw water, carry it to your home, and some strange, somebody comes and says, can you this thing? Ah, no, please, here is the well, and here this thing, you do it yourself, you know. But he's putting a picture. He's putting a picture over here. And the next verse will say, first thing that will say is, and it happened. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebecca, who was born to Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her picture on her shoulder. The first thing you hear about this bride is that she came before time. Now let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. We are having service here. Okay. Now we had service here. Most people live around near here. We should be making it 9 o'clock instead of 9.30. is when it is far away. Mm -hmm. 9 o'clock is when it is far away. 9.30 is when it is near. Why? Because people won't come on time. People won't come on time. So the first thing you need to realize is people who do not come early, that thing, they have already disqualified themselves from becoming the bride. That's not their priority. You need to realize when two or three gather, Jesus comes and he's looking for his bride.
1: Hmm.
0: He's looking for his bride. And the first thing you will realize is there were very many women in the city. Rebbe comes before everyone. Before everyone. And this is the same thing. That's what I said. There are many things that happen in a church. But the reason, the fundamental, primary reason you come to church is because you have a promise. When you come, I'll be there. Thank you will come, you will be there. So therefore, though your friends are there, you want a fellowship and all that, but that is a secondary reason. So you will try to come before everybody else. Wow. You will try to come before everybody else. You will be there on time or a little before time. You will be there early and you will be consistent in this. This is not a one day thing. Hmm. You cannot come like this unless it's, it's your habit. It's a habit. It's a it's habit. a discipline. If you are constantly late, you will be late. But you do not realize, if you are constantly before time, you. you don't know which day the Lord is coming to meet you. Yeah, that's the Kairos moment. You don't. See, you are mm. walking in chronos, but you don't know when your Kairos is coming. Yep. That is why Jesus will always say, watch and pray, watch mm. and pray, watch and continue. Never may not always pray and never give up, because, because you, you do not know which hour the Son of Man yes, will come. Yes, 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 so yes. these are spiritual disciplines Simples. in which we are consistent. Alleluia. You are consistent. Alleluia. That is where we need to realize that we need to have order in our life, right. discipline, order in our life. Because you look at the universe, it displays the glory of God, and one of the glory of God is the order. Order. We are in twenty twenty three, October the twenty first. But we can tell you precisely twenty twenty four, October first, what minute the sun will rise. We can tell precisely what minute 2025 20, sun will rise. 2026 20, sun will rise. Why? Because there is order. It's order. So the question is, are you building on order in your life? Come on. God really your life in slowly, little by little. Are you working on it? And the motivation is this, Christ, I love him. Mm-hmm. Motivation is this, I love him and I want to please him. So love and faith, when it comes together, is an unbeatable combination faith that is working through love. Amen. Okay? Faith is working through love. So that is what's happening. So the first thing is that, behold, Rebecca, who was born to Bethuel, came out with a picture on her shoulder picture on her shoulder so she's not absent minded okay she doesn't come near the well and then run back say I forgot my picture I was thinking about something else okay she's got a picture
1: the detail is so important all those details are important because we make these mistakes people will come
0: oh I came to church I forgot my bible (laughs) So where were you going? <laughs> what were you going for? Okay, <laughs> so you were absent-minded, you were not focused. So this is where priority yeah. matters. Because you each, each, like I always say, first go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and find out whether you're male or female. Because <laughs> <laughs> priorities change accordingly. Because it is important. We are not talking about the chance and the moment. I'm it's just talking, if I'm male, then I, I am male. I'm father, I'm husband, I'm pastor. I know what I am. If you are female, you know your wife, your mother. So your priorities change. The priorities are not the same. Priorities are not the same. Because the man goes out, he's got a priority. The woman stays in and she's got a priority. Priorities change him automatically with gender. Mm. So you need to know what you are. So, all these things we need to know. So, Rebecca comes over there. She's got a picture on her shoulder. And then the Bible says, the young woman was very beautiful to behold. And you have to stop there. Okay? Mm -hmm. She was very beautiful to behold. Because we are looking at the outward in the old covenant. And we are looking at the inward inward in the new covenant. Jesus is not going to look at a fair-skinned or a shining, glowing skin and tall and slim and figure. He's not interested in any of these things because the bride also happens to be male and female. Amen. Okay. Bride happens to be both male members and female members of the church. The bride is not what we are talking about. So what does spiritual it mean spiritual? You go there and you read first Peter chapter, chapter three, three six, and four, verse five, four, five, five, six. Four five 6, four, five, if you look six. at it. Okay. You need to that's how you look, because somebody asked a very important question for our times. We are in the last days. Okay, let's go to three. three okay. Let's go from verse one onwards, then it will make very easy okay, wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives, one second okay, this is a principle Mm. but specifically being told to the woman but it's a principle, Principle. the principle is that your conduct matters to God absolutely, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. fear, what is that do not let your adornment be merely outward, don't be shallow Exactly. Don't be just an outward person, yes. okay? arranging of your hair or whatever. Let us leave the gender aside. Rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. This is what God is looking for. See, meekness cannot be seen. It cannot be hidden for too long. Either you are loud or you are quiet.
1: Absolutely. Either you
0: handle situations very gently and you are very gentle with everybody. You're gentle with everybody. You don't have to be tough and because you need to understand. Okay, you need to understand. You either know your authority or you don't know. Authority. I'm telling you, when you meet IPS officers and we need to see meet constables, you will know the difference. The constable shouts. shouts the IPS officer speaks very softly because he knows his authority. He shouts only when there is a need to shout. Charge, he will shout. A Fire, he will charge. Otherwise, he doesn't shout. Okay. okay? Okay? So when Jesus has to shout, he will rebuke the wind. Okay? He will rebuke the wind. So we need to realize these are all things which God is looking for. So he found her beautiful. So Eliezer found Rebecca beautiful. Whom will the Holy Spirit find beautiful? Going back to that previous verse, who is a beautiful person in God's sight is the hidden person of the heart. That is a hidden person of the heart, which is that the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit. So it has to be both, both man and woman. It cannot be woman. It cannot just put, though it is talking about a woman specifically in the context, it is a general principle. The man also has to be gentle and have a quiet spirit. Because why? Which is very precious in the sight of God. Bah. Sight
1: yeah, bah. Of God. So
0: God us. is looking mm. when he's looking for his bride, he's okay. looking, okay, one who's got order, who comes before time, whose focus is God, who's who doesn't forget, who's got the picture on her shoulder. All these things he has. It's not that you begin like that, you have to end like that. So these are things which we learn in the church. Change, 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 change. Get these disciplines in your life. One day at a time, when you fail, go back to God. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. Help me. Come boldly, confidently to the throne of grace. Receive mercy and grace for every need. And you have to ask, this is what I really need, oh Lord. I think I want this, but I actually don't need these things. What I need is, what are you looking for for me? in eternity. Those are the things which I really need. And that is what grace is for. So this is how your prayer life changes. And then a person who is going a meek and a quiet spirit, is that person, whether it's male or female, is very beautiful to behold in the eyes of God. Very beautiful to Because I'm telling you, I always use this illustration. On the same day when we were young, you guys were just probably very young. Same day, two people, two women died. And both were icons. One was Mother Teresa died and Diana. Diana, Princess Diana, Princess of Wales died. Two people. Two were icons. One was an icon. One was the icon of physical beauty and glamour and everything. And the world who were shallow mourned for her. This was an icon of a gentle and a meek spirit. I've heard her speeches and all. I've never heard her shouting. I never heard her raise her voice. But when she spoke, kings listened. Presidents listened. okay? So you have two icons over there. Mother Teresa and you have Princess Diana. Now when God is looking for a bride for his son, he's not looking for Diana. He's not looking for Diana. He's looking for somebody like Mother Teresa. But to the physical eye, Mother Teresa doesn't look beautiful wrinkled hands, face, stoop down, has just two saris, eats two very simple meals. That is why there are many, many nuns in India, all in different orders. But you when you see those white with that blue Missionaries of Charity. They have a different respect altogether. Though people respect nuns because they know they have given their lives over for service of mankind. When they look at them, it's a different respect altogether because of the way This lady has become a symbol. So God is not looking for what we are looking for. And therefore, we should be looking for what God is looking for. You're talking about rapture? Then you need to be looking for that. And he says, you know what she was? This is, in former times, holy women trusted God, being submissive to their own husband. So in this specific context, you need to realize, when women are going to be part of the bride, your relationship with your husband matters. That is the first line you have to cross. If you are not able to cross that line, be very sure you will not be part of the bride. Because if you cannot be submissive to your husband, who may be ungodly or rough or whatever, how are going to submit to God? If you are not able to submit to one whom you can see how are you going to submit to the one who cannot see so women have to be very very careful about this because if you don't submit what will happen nothing in this life nothing nothing will happen the next life yes a lot of stuff will happen so to the men it is the other side love your wives as christ jesus loved the church laid down your life for her so if we are caught over there, suddenly we are looking at how do I become the bride? We are not talking about salvation. Mm. So now you go back to Genesis, and what do you see over there? He found her beautiful. That is the first thing that she was very beautiful to behold. The next thing it is written, she's a oh, virgin. virgin.
1: <sniffs> now, the when
0: we got saved, we were not virgins, we yes. were harlots. Yes, yes. We were harlots. The difference in salvations is that. Harlots are made into virgins. We were harlots. And Paul will say, I want to present you as a pure, chaste virgin virgin to Christ. Okay. So what is harlotry in the spirit is joining our soul with the world. What is virginity in the spirit is keeping ourselves undefiled, unspotted, unspotted from the world. Now, this is something which the bride is thinking about. Mm. You cannot you can teach this from morning till evening. Nobody is going to take this seriously until you tell them price you will pay in eternity. The price is eternal. That's it. Price is eternal. Because Christ is going to marry a virgin. Amen. Christ is going to marry a virgin. The girl whether it is male or female, the church he's going to marry is a girl who has finally detached herself from all the rudimentary principles of the world. She's not attached in the world. She's attached to her husband. When she goes, she goes into the world, but she knows she is not of the world and she has forsaken that and wants to be one with her, one with him. So the first thing, we see in verse 15, 16, she's very beautiful. So we saw what beauty is. Second, we see she's a virgin. She's a virgin. She has become a virgin. And if you go, if you go to the book, we have to come back here, okay? Revelation 14. Yes, 14, yeah. Okay, 14. Revelation 14. How do you become? At the, when you go further and further over there, you go over there, okay? Look, verse one, fourteen, 14, verse 1. Go with the bride wherever he went. Okay, then I looked and behold a lamb standing on the Mount Zion with him 144,000 having their father's name. Now I want you to look at verse 4. That is the key. Okay, these are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins. They are virgins. Okay, now there we were talking about a girl. Here we are talking about a man. But the principle is the same. Okay, these are the men uh, these are the women who did not defile themselves. Hi. Right? These are the ones who follow the lamp wherever, wherever he, he goes. goes. So who can follow the lamp wherever he goes? Answer only his wife. I have used this example, okay. You come to my house, you come, the, the gate is the first restriction. There are a lot of people I talk only at the gate, they don't come in because I don't know them. They are vendors or whatever. Then there are people who may come in and come till the door, they don't get in. Then there are people who get in from the door into the front room. Okay. Then there are people who can go from the front room to other rooms. Okay. Then there are my children who can come into our bedroom. Okay. Then there is only one person who can come into, even if I am showering, who can come into the bathroom, which are not my children or anybody. It is only my wife who can come in. So the Bible says she goes, this one goes wherever he goes. These are the ones who know why. For they are, they were never defiled with women. What does woman stand in the Bible? Women stands for different kinds of doctrines. See, the world has its doctrines. If you don't, um, if you don't subscribe to your doctrine, you will not buy it. That's why products are always sold with advertisement. The advertisement is a doctrine. It's a doctrine. Okay, doctrine. If you don't have a doctrine, the product won't sell. You just give a product on the road and you look at it and say, what is this? you take this even that fellow the the quacks who come from supposedly from Himalayas and they will put a stall over there with this these are herbs from Himalayas and we did heals cures for everything from headache to impotency everything he's telling with this thing. He's put this screen over there. That's an advertisement. It's a doctrine and people go and buy it and see it doesn't work. Okay. But the problem is behind everything there is a doctrine. Hallelujah. That's a doctrine. And this doctrine is always called. A woman, the church is a woman, the woman sitting on the beast, it's a woman. The Babylon is a woman, and she has many daughters. okay, so you need to realize these are people who learn through practice. Through practice not to be defiled by the women. They've thrown it in. they took this thing, tested it with the word of God, and says, you know what, it doesn't agree with word, and it does. I am going for him. The simple question to ask is one does it agree with the word of God? And the second thing to ask is that if I even if it kind of agrees with the word of God, if I take it, will it upset him? Will it dilute my love for him? These are questions which men and women need to ask. Okay, you can, a woman can wear wear whatever she wants. But the question is, I know my husband by now. If I wear that, he won't like it. Now, functionally, there may be nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. Okay, because this is why this marriage is a mystery, Paul says. Okay, marriage is a mystery. So marriage is, given as an example. So the wife is thinking about, is this thing, you know, uh, like... All food are good, all food are nutritious, this food is more nutritious, but I know if I make this, my husband doesn't like that. (laughs) If I wear that, my husband doesn't like that. If I say that, my husband doesn't like that. So her her life is slowly revolving revolving to see that you know what, I need to please my My husband. husband. Okay, so family is put over there and the wife is doing that. And the children look at it and they see so they realise, you know what, the head of this family is daddy. How do how do they know without even a word being spoken? Because they see that mama is always trying to please daddy. So the children also automatically take it and realize that I shouldn't do that because daddy won't be pleased. Did daddy say anything? No, they have seen mama say that. Mama do that. So you need to realize the family is put there as a paradigm as to how the kingdom of God is. Kingdom of God is. So that is how you become undefiled from defiled to undefiled from heartless to virtuous. Yeah. The test is this. One, does it agree with God has said? Two, will he like it? Because the whole question is to please. It is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith. So these are the ones who follow the lamb wherever he goes. Hmm. Okay? So you go back to uh, Genesis, you will see that you know what? She's a virgin. She's a virgin. Rebecca is a virgin. Okay, she has kept it. She has. She is pure. Okay, she she was very beautiful. No man had known her, and she went down to the well. Well, filled a pitcher and came up. Okay, came up. Okay, she filled a pitcher and came up. The next thing you need to realize is that you need, see all these all these things are important. These things are important. Okay, when she is going for something, she is very focused. What am I, what did I leave my home for? I'm going to the well to get water. And when she is going to the well to get to the water, she's not distracted. People will come to church tomorrow. Quite a few of them will be distracted when worship is going on. Somebody does something. They'll be distracted. Word is going on. They'll be distracted. She's not distracted. Mm-hmm. There are so many men sitting over there. There are ten camels sitting over there. So she's not distracted by, oh, yeah, let me go see what it is. But that's not what you came here for. She's not distracted. She goes to the well. She fills a picture and she comes out. And she comes out. The servant ran to meet her and said, said. Okay? It is not that she ran to them to see what it was. He ran to her to see because she is very, very focused. She well, she's not very w- to the left or the right. She's not <laughs> little, she, knows what, she knows what she has mm. come here for. Mm. Okay? So if you tomorrow know what you have come here for, from the time you enter into this place, Oh, this is a new place, and all through you are looking at all the pictures on the wall. No, leave the children to do that. I'm talking to the adults. If you know what you have come here for, and you are focused on worshipping Him, and listening to everything that is being said, the Spirit of God will run to you. Hallelujah. He will will come to you. He will come Mm -hmm. to you. Because Mm -hmm. the Bible always Mm says, the eyes of the Lord are roaming to to see whose heart is is loyal and perfect perfect towards towards. Him. And the Spirit of God comes over there and he says, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. Hmm. Hmm. You need to realize he's waiting. He waited until wow. she went in, went and took the water and came out. Yes, he then he went and said, give me a little of your water. Wow. So she said, drink, drink my, my Lord. Lord. Then she quickly, first thing, she said, what did she say? Drink my lord so her words is very respectful very respectful please understand when you make conversation with people it doesn't matter who it is even if it's a stranger what strata of society they are from be very respectful in the way you talk to people she's very respectful in the way he's talking okay very respectful then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw. She said, I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. This was the test. This was the test. Hmm. Is she a giver? Where there is a need, will she go out Out of her way way and give? She's right over there. Will she give? Are you that kind of a person? Okay, because most people who come to church are spectators. They think I have given my tithes and my responsibility is over. (laughs) But you need to realize tithes is like giving your taxes. It's not your responsibility, it is your duty. Duty. (laughs) If you don't give your tithes, income tax will come over you. If you don't give your tithes, the destroyer will come against you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Okay, either way. So you are just doing your duty. But that Uh, is not. There are so many things you are looking at tomorrow when you come in. There are so many things, No, I know Sammy put on the sound team. But I know if people put on the sound team, they won't see it. That is why today I put it on the GTC thing saying, you. there is a need. There is a need. This is a school. Stuff has to move to the next thing. And usually people don't come. People won't come. And what will happen, you will have to get sometimes, some other times I need small kids come and do everything. It is not that you are not there. It is not that you cannot do, but people will not come. And they're still expecting to be raptured. Expecting to be raptured. Okay. These are consistent things. The Bible says, she said, I will, I will draw water for the camel. It's not an easy task. It's not an easy task. Camels can drink. They can drink you out of the house. (laughs) They can, and they have come after a long journey. And there are ten camels. Until they have finished drinking. And if you go further, she quickly emptied a pitcher into the trough, ran back to the well, drove and drew for all his camels. She kept her word. She kept her word. Bah. What she said, she did. She, she didn't finished give up. It. She finished it before I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Okay. Tired. So you need to realize when I talk to men and to women and to the pregnant ones and to be pregnant ones, all of them say, you know, our sedentary lifestyle, sedentary lifestyle, I said, you know what, we don't have core strength. So you you, you, you don't have strength. You don't have core strength. Therefore, you get tired very, very easily. Mm-hmm. Rebecca didn't get tired. And she's not from a small family. She's from a very well-to-do family. One of the biggest families in that city. Yet she's doing the same. So one of the things which I always tell, one of the things which you need to understand is that. Understand the dignity of labor. It's nothing got to do with money. In America, we will say people all work. It's because per hour you will get $17, $20, $25. So people are willing to do anything. There is no dollars in this. Hallelujah are, That's why I said I disagree with giving children uh, children pocket money for their chores at home. No, you will get pocket money because you need pocket money and you are my son, but you're not going to get money for the things which you do in the house. Hallelujah No, you're not going to get. I, I believe that's a, wrong, that, that's a wrong way to do that. That's not a way. This is your duty. you know? For the things which you do in your house, you are a part of it. If you, don't, you don't need an incentive like money. Don't need an incentive for. You, you need money, I will give you money. What do you need for? Okay. Your friends all go for that? Okay. Take 50 rupees or 100 rupees. Okay, that's fine. But you don't need an incentive to do what is right. Then motivation becomes always money. And after that, you're always, okay, I do this here, I will get 15. I do there, I will get 20. Then motivation becomes always of money and the whole dignity of labor goes. It becomes money. And the end, you start serving mammon. But that's not what she's doing here there's no money here there's no money here so these things have to be inculcated early early very very early it has to be inculcated i am serving god and i'm serving a cause that is right there are people over here they are tired the camels are tired and i have the strength and i will and she what drew water for all his camels that is where the bride is picked then the man wondering at her remained silent, has to know whether the Lord, and then he asked the question. That's he right. asked the question, okay, it's fine. It was when the camels had finished drinking, the man took a golden nose ring, weighing half a shekel, two bracelets for the wrist, weighing 10 shekels of wow. gold, and said, whose daughter are you? Tell me, please. This is what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Super. <laughs> the <laughs> gifts of the Holy Spirit, okay, the God gifts of. Holy Spirit. Okay, but before the gift is given, today you get the gift in the New Covenant before character is formed. <laughs> but in this case, it's talking about a different. This is talking about the the marriage in the Bible in Revelation nineteen. It was says fine linen was given to her, and the fine linen was the righteous acts of the saints. She's going to be now arrayed in a bridal dress. So if you don't have those acts, then you don't get your bridal dress, you don't get your bridal dress, you see the quality, you see the axe, so all these things come together, and this is not got to do with salvation. this has got to do with being with the bride and then when you when you further when you go down okay when you go uh that is when she a kind of question she, yeah mm-hmm. keep, going, uh, keep going yeah really? I will tell you towards uh uh fifty four Verse 54, okay? Now everything, you know what happened in between. So he and the men who were with him ate and drank and stayed all night. Then they arose in the morning and said, send me away to my master. But her brother and her mother said, let the woman stay with us a few days, at least 10. After that, she may go. And he said to them, do not hinder me since the Lord has prospered my way. Send me away so I may go to my master. They said, hey, hey, come on, 10 days. He's not going to come back. Let us have 10 days. So they said, we will call the young woman and ask her personally. And they called Rebecca and said to her, will you go with this man? And she said, I will go. The question is this. You have to look at the picture. Rebecca, this is Rebecca's home. Her family, her friends. Everybody. Once she goes, she's never going to come back. Never going to come back. They are not saying she should not go. They are saying, let us stay for 10 days. And he says, Eliezer says, but I need to go. I'm successful. I need to go. So they said, okay, let's ask the girl, what does she say? And the girl says, I will go. So there is a church who is always ready, crying, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Ready, ready, ready. You go to the last verses in the book of Revelation. What? And then we have to come back to 54, okay? But last. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, okay. Last, last, last verse. Okay, last verses. Verse 20. Tw- 22. 22, 20. Revelation 22, 20. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. And what's the response? Even so Lord. Amen. Amen. Even so So, come Lord Jesus. She says, I will go. Mm. I will go. Okay. But this doesn't happen overnight. This is constantly a preparation and your heart and your mind and everything starts changing. You're God centered. You're God centered. And then when you come there, okay, verse 59, I will go. Then they called Rebecca, said to her, will you go with this man? She said, I will go. Yeah, come further down. Next verse. Yeah. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister and her nurse and Abraham's servant and all his men. Come further down. They blessed Rebecca and said to her, oh sister, okay, let us, okay, may your person, that's a blessing. Then Rebecca and her maids arose and they rode on the camel and followed the man. So the servant took Rebecca and departed. Okay, so there is Rebecca with her maids going. They're going with the maids. So there is a bride and there are the bridesmaids. Hmm. So remember that was the question The bride and the bridesmaid. So there were very there were lots of women in the in the town. Or there were lots of women in uh, Rebecca's house who were maidservants. But only one set went with her. All of them didn't go with Rebecca. All of them did not go with Rebecca. The reason would be this. How, who would go with Rebecca? Who picks them? Rebecca picks them. How does Rebecca pick them? Because they were the ones who were closer to Rebecca's social. So let us say, I think the number should have been around 10. She took 10 maids with her. There were many. There were many. When Abraham goes to war, there were many in Abraham's household, but he only took 318 whom he could trust. Okay? So you need to realize this is the Primary is Rebecca, the bride. That's a secondary circle. Those who go with her. Those who go with her. So you will talk about the parable of the ten virgins. Five foolish and five the virgins. Okay, bridesmaids, they are... Bridesmaids. So you need to understand, because it's a question. Who are, who is the bride? Who is the bridesmaid? If I don't become the bride, can I become the bridesmaid? Okay, now we had our wedding. <laughs> okay, now because it, the last, last wedding was, uh, Sammy's Ta- wedding, right? Tanmay. No, Tanmai's wedding. She didn't have so many bridesmaids. She had only one? Yeah, okay. yeah, she had only one. Some people have two, some people have three, some people have a little more. But that doesn't mean these, these are the only girls in the church. So the question is, when it comes to the bridesmaid, who picks? Not the bridegroom. The bride picks. The bridesmaid, attached bridesmaids, she may have many characters of the bride, but not all her characters. So she's not fit to be the bride. But she is the one, the bridesmaids are the ones who are closest to the bride. Have become closest to becoming like Rebecca, but they didn't become like Rebecca. So you need to understand who are these because there are different kinds of people in the church. They are not all the same. There is the most holy place, there is the holy place, there is the outer courts and there are people everywhere. Mm-hmm. So who are the ones who are, who are in the most, uh, the holy place? They are the ones who are closest to the one in the most holy place because these are Levites and the Levites are closer to Aaron because he is a Levite. So if you are not a Levite, you cannot go into the most holy place. But who is in the holy place? Aaron. Moses goes into the holy of holies. Okay. So the Levites are the ones who are closest. So one of the reasons, the practical reason, when Moses says, Whoever is on the side of the Lord, come to me. The Levites went towards him because he's a Levite. Hmm. Wow, he's a Levite. They went to him. So when David is going to be crowned in Hebron, Judah went to him because he is from Judah. So you have pictures in the Bible, you have pictures in the Bible, so there is those who are close to, to Isaac, who is willing to go to Isaac, that prepared themselves, and those, those who are, who are closer to Rebecca, the church, the ones, the sanctified ones, the ones who are prepared ones, they are not fully sanctified or prepared, but they are inspired by her. So, she picks them. And then, uh, this is, then you come to verse 62. But this is all awesome. got to the picture. Now, Isaac came from the way of Beer Lahai Roy, for he dwelt in the south. Halfway. Mm-hmm. Okay. He came. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked. So, he's not in his house. Mm-hmm. He's come part of the way. Yeah, yeah. Part of the way, so Christ is not in heaven on rapture. He comes in come the clouds. So he doesn't come to earth. He comes part of the way. Mm-hmm. So Isaac has come part of the way. It is not Eliezer takes Rebecca all the way to Isaac's tent. He brings her most of the way, and then Isaac comes part of the way. What is he doing? He's meditating. What is Christ doing? He's interceding. Mm. Okay, and then he he lifted his eyes and he looked and he saw the camels were coming at the same time. Rebecca lifted her eyes and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. The question is, she has traveled a long way. She has seen so many people all around the way she has. Why did she dismount? She has never seen Isaac before. We have never seen Jesus before. Why will we dismount? Because in our heart we were always preparing for him. <laughs> We mm. thought, no, seeing him we have loved him. Mm. She never dismounted from her camel. At every stop she didn't dismount and says, "Is that man, Is that, that man. She didn't know. No, no. the first time she's dismounting for somebody. Mm. Earlier times and all she dismounted probably to rest. But this time she sees, the Bible doesn't say she is so Isaac and asked and she dismounted. She already got a gut feeling. We talk about that gut feeling in your belly because that's where from the spirit flows. This is not in your head because when you talk about the heart, we are not talking about the heart that pumps the blood. We are talking about here the gut feeling. You know gut feeling, you know deep in your spirit, this is the man. (laughs) What This is him. This is him. This is him. So she saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. And then for she said to the servant, who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, it is my My master. master. She took a veil and covered herself. For every true feminist sitting in the church and who has the issue of covering their head, Mm -hmm. please remember the first thing Rebecca does when she knows this is Isaac. She took her veil and covered herself. But there were many men on the way. She didn't cover, cover her head for them. That's why the Bible will say, wives submit to your own husband. Mm. And then when you come into the church, cover yourself because the w- ma- woman is the man's glory. Man is Christ's glory. So cover yourself. Cover yourself because you know what we need to understand. In a normal culture in which not today there's no culture. Old days is a culture. You know what happens is that if a child does something good or bad, the first question you will ask is whose child is it? Exactly. Whose child is a woman does good or bad. The first question is whose wife is that? So so. So that's why Proverbs thirty-one twenty-three says a husband. Husband takes. He's talking about a husband. Okay. So when they look at the woman, they will. Husband is known in ah, the okay. gates where he sits among the elders of the of the land. Okay. So the first thing they will ask is, whose wife is that? Whose wife is that? Whose wife is that? So the first thing she does is she covers herself by saying, "I'm a woman under authority, I'm an authority." Okay. If Isaac had not goofed up Mm -hmm. and she had not goofed up, the marriage would have been the marriage in the Bible. Because you will not see any issues in the marriage until Jacob and Esau are 40 years old. That is 60 years of the marriage. There is no trouble in the marriage because she is a woman under authority. When she steps outside authority, you have to blame both sides. Isaac has to be blamed. Rebecca has to be blamed. Isaac has to be blamed because he did not walk consistently with God. He got trapped by food and he lost interest. Rebecca went wrong because she went tried to solve the situation. She did not go to God and ask God, "What should I do?" So both are mistaken. What you happen in the picture is that after that, Rebecca just goes away. She's not there in the picture at all. Once she Manipulates Isaac and Jacob to get the blessing. You don't hear about Rebecca anymore. We don't even know when she died. Who buried her? Nothing Mm. is mentioned because it's a lesson. They knew when she died, honorably buried and all, but it's not mentioned in scripture because scripture is telling to us what God is looking for, that you can begin well and end bad. Isaac began well, ended bad. Rebecca began extremely well, ended well, bad. God says, it's not enough to begin well. You have to end well. It's not enough to run most of your life well. You have to finish well because this is not about your salvation. This is about your rewards. So you have a question. Who is the bride? Who is the bridesmaid? And we need to ask ourselves and say, Lord, I want to be this. Hmm. So this is the motivation. So when wife says it is impossible to to my husband, the question is, what do you want to be in eternity? So you have to go to um, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 17. 4.17 For our light affliction, which is forever. That's why I said the only condition I personally accept divorce in the church is when the unbelieving spouse leaves. And if there is violence, I will say separate until the violence stops and counseling things work. But if there is violence, don't stay over there. Okay. But if unbelieving spouse leaves, you are free because it's a matter of the spirit. But other than that, if you're having trouble in your marriage, hang in there and see it only has light affliction. Mm. How many years, Pastor? 20 years? 25 years? 30 years? 40 years? 50 years? It doesn't matter see it in the lighter Because if you hang in there and you become that woman the Bible talks about, the reward is an exceeding eternal weight Wait of glory. A lot of women will become part of the bride only because of how they suffered in their marriages. We will not see them in ministry or anything. But they hung in there mm. because they realize, my God demands me, I will not leave. Mm. I will not leave. I will hold my family together. I will not leave. I will not leave. So you have to look at everything. You have to look and see, what will it cost me in eternity? What is the price I am willing to pay? Because God is a reward. So all these things happen by faith, through love. All these things happen by faith. That is why the Bible says, without faith it is impossible to please God. Please God, anyone who comes to God must believe that He is. Why? Because He's a rewarder of those seeking So, in your marriage, in your home, in your workplace, what are you trying to? You're to seeking God. Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? So, God uses this man who never probably married as a paradigm. You see, this is the paradigm for everybody, whether you are a husband, whether you are a wife, a father, a mother, a child. This is the paradigm. So Jesus is it all. Has a husband. He shows us how to lay down your life for your wife, the church. Has a son. He shows us how to submit in all things as unto the Lord. Because what is demanded actually from the wife and the child is actually the same submission. It's submission. So he becomes the paradigm. He shows it all to us, what it is to be. So he's the paradigm in all things. Okay. Then we bring all the other things together. It starts making sense. But this is the question because we know it is coming. Yep. Hmm. Who is going to be the bride? We don't know. God knows. Eleazar did not know. I'm not saying the spirit of God doesn't know, but in that case, Elias did not go. He made a long journey. The conditions were very clear. Abraham, when he found uh, Isaac had reached 40 years, 40 years, he said, put your hand and make us swear me. What if the girl does not go? He said, no, my son will not go back. God will give you favor. The bride will come to Christ. Christ will not go to the bride. He'll come part of the way but the bride will go to Christ. We are the ones who are being lifted up if wow. we are blessed. He will come for the bride, only part of the way. He will not go back to the world. When he comes to the world, remember, he is coming to judge. He's not coming for a bride. In Zachariah, when he steps, Mount Olives will split into two. And the messianic reign of Jesus Christ will begin. But when it begins, he would have come with his bride. Right, yes. And, yes so he said, no. Back. Like the Lord is coming over. back with
1: ten thousands, ten of, his thousands, thousands of, his of His saints. His saints. Okay. So there are lots
0: of pictures over there, mm. but it is a mystery, the secret, hidden secret. We don't know who yeah, is the bride. bride. The Bible says nobody knows. All of creation is groaning for the sons That's of God that. to be revealed. Who are those? The overcomers. They have to be revealed. That secret nobody knows. God knows. To you may personally know. Like Paul, if you have finished well, you have the revelation. I have finished my race. I have fought the fight. I have kept the faith. Now what is the third for me is the crown of righteousness. Mm -hmm. You may have a personal revelation where you are absolutely sure. I know, I know, I know. But other than that, it is between God and the Son and the Spirit. So this is what we are running for. And uh, we have to keep our eyes on the target. Because God is not asking us to... A run without purpose, without motivation, without rewards. Okay, without rewards. And he's, he's kind, he's merciful even to the worst church in the seven churches, he still says, repent. I'm outside. You don't even think about me. I am outside. You're so busy about your programs and everything. You don't even think about me. I'm trying to get in and have fellowship with you. But if you repent, if you open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with you. And then he says, if you overcome as I have overcome. So what path is given. That's why we study Jesus. And we study all the saints in whom the spirit of Jesus was there. How he worked through them. We study Jesus. Because if you go through that pathway, is the way I have to overcome. Because there are many ways to overcome, but only one way is right. Mm. One way is right. That is the way Jesus took. So he is the way. He is the way. Okay. So if you overcome as I have overcome, he says, you will reign with me. You will reign with me. So these are the pictures we have in the Bible. Yes, I think. Yeah, we'll stop there. Yeah, it's time. We'll stop there. Yeah. There's one question. Hmm? So a very fired up question. Yes, that's a, a good question. It's very relevant yeah. to the times that we are going through. It's a sister I do not know. I think that sister is from US, and I think she's a Mallu sister who was listening and she wrote. I so inspired. one day maybe we'll all meet in heaven. Oh. So this is this is a personal motivation. You cannot do these things as a group. You can pray as a group, you can hear the word as a group. So mm. many things we can do as a group but you can only prepare yourself. Amen. Prepare yourself for Christ. That's the only way you can do it. Amen? Amen. Inshallah. Let's close with prayer, Pastor Vijay.
1: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you once again for this day. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us from your word. Even through this format, O Lord, and even through the troubled times that we are living in, perilous times, Lord, uh, enable us, Lord, not to focus on the trouble around, but Lord, to focus and to keep our eyes on you. Lord, yes, Lord, it's the first of times, but it's also the best of times, because Lord, we anticipate your coming, Lord, even in our generation. And therefore, I pray, Lord, every one of us individually and as group, as, as as families and as churches, oh Lord, we will take the words that you have spoken to us to heart. And Lord, we will lord obey lord we will obey O oh lord grant us a grace to obey and grant us a desire oh lord to be a part of that bride just not to be lord just uh, be, be sloppy in the things that the, in the things of god but lord be diligent lord even as rebecca was we see we've seen the details a oh lot that you've shown to us in, in your word as to how she was disciplined on little things O oh Lord, and lord We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for all these patterns that you have shown to us in your word, and I pray, Lord, that we will take these things to heart and prepare ourselves continuously. Grant us another day, O Lord, in the land of the living tomorrow, even as we prepare ourselves through this night, O Lord, to be found in your house on time, and Lord, to receive from you and prepare ourselves continuously for your coming. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.